This is the SBFL Podcast. Welcome into the newest edition of the SBFL Podcast. We're rolling right along. September coming to a close here this weekend. Uh, Shane, tell me what we got on this episode. All right. Week three of NFL is in the books, so we've got our week three breakdown. Um, a new king of the hill, so we've got a new interview with the MC Hammers owner. Uh, of course, we've got to talk about Mike's power rankings. Uh, we've got some trivia time. We've got some trades to talk about, some fab. Um, hopefully, our champs will be recording their new Champs and a Chump segment later tonight or tomorrow to add in. Um, and then we've got our NFL pick six. And this week, we have an extremely special guest. The first non-league member to join the podcast, hailing from Iowa, somewhere out in the middle of the cornfields. His name is Matt Cook, and here he is. Welcome in. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. So how'd you find us? What, what's your deal, man? Oh, just like everybody else, love fantasy football. And I just found you on Spotify one day, so uh, kind of listened to it. And uh, Shane, I tracked you down, and I got your number and email and everything. And uh, then you started talking back to me, so that was cool. Made a new friend, and uh, just kind of the rest is history. Yep, and just so the league knows, I send uh, Matt here, or Iowa boy, however you want to refer to him, um, I send him a screenshot every week of the league um, of all the matchups and standings and kind of just give him some insights here and there of what, what goes on in the league so that he can have some informed voicemails. Um, so that's, that's how he's getting his information. I think it's a fun addition to the podcast. Oh yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. Well, welcome in. Thanks for being a big fan. Uh, it's certainly neat to ha- have you on and, and it's good to learn your name, uh, Matt Cook. So um, I could stop calling you Iowa boy and start actually calling you by a, a name. Although I'm guessing the rest of the league is just going to continue to call you Iowa boy. So, right. Uh, and also not yeah. just a fan. He is the number one fan. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely the number one fan. Yeah. No doubt. Way cooler than Jon Snow's mom. <laughs> Does she listen? Apparently she listens. Well, but uh, so let's, let's go back, break down week three. It was um, certainly a week, another week to forget for the campers, but um, we can start, let's start with the 2-0 and o matchup. You want to start with the, the, yeah. the Banes were 2-0, and o, the Rats were 2-0, and o, and boy, did they disappoint on uh, the America's SBFL game of the week, because this was an abysmal showing by two teams that were at the top of the table that were uh, last week's power rankings one two you know you have your previous champ um and you had your highest score i mean this had all the makings of the game that everyone wanted to to keep an eye on and um it was horrible it was mm. just horrible the banes do eke out a victory 115 to 103 uh the rats just barely crossing that century mark um did and uh, we'll start with uh we'll start with our guest, uh, did you do you see anything in this matchup that you're a little bit maybe uh, surprised at, or did it kind of go the way uh, you thought? Yeah, no. Um, the Baines, I think I was dogging them a little bit in the beginning of the season, um, but I mean, I like 
Josh Jacobs um, on his team, but everybody else kind of not a fan of. Um, and then for the Pizza Rats, Tom Brady, Turbo Tom, finding his rhythm, that's good. Um, yeah, the rest of the – I mean, he's got Aaron Jones, but that's pretty much it. I don't – Tyreek Hill, I guess, but – yeah, he also has Julio, who's hurt. Okay, um, uh, well-balanced yeah. Kansas squad or Purple Cobra squad, we'll say that much. It's certainly the, the, it, the Rats were coming in with some injuries. With Julio, Mostert was out. Mostert's his big problem because then he had to go out last week and spend money on Wayne Gallman. Uh, Wayne Gallman, sorry. Uh, I've been drinking tonight. Long day. Um, <laughs> Wayne Gallman only put up two points. Um, so that was kind of the issue there when you start two Giants and Danny Dimes just shits the bed all day against the 49ers, which, by the way, uh, congratulations to the Giants fans um, in the group. Um, we did set a new, uh, brand new scoring, final score for the NFL. First time it's ever happened. Congratulations. You guys put up nine points in the contribution. Um, so Ira, congratulations. Frank, Matt, Mike, uh, thank you for your for your contribution to NFL history. I think they call that scoregami. Yeah, it was wonderful. But I, I, I do want to point out one thing about this matchup because the Baines and, and um, our lovely power ranking writer here, he's always quick to point out everybody else's mistake. Um, and obviously winning, being 3-0, and it masks uh, when you do make an error. He left Alan Lazard on the bench uh, in favor of multiple guys that I thought he could start him over, which was Jerry Judy and LaVisca Chenault Jr. Um, and Aaron Lazard actually would have been the highest score on his entire team had he started him in the lineup. So I just want to go ahead and point that out of, listen, everybody, every week we could probably nitpick. It always just seems to come up when, um, when you lose. So obviously he didn't lose, but I mean, a huge mistake and and maybe a tiebreaker problem coming down the the stretch. The the Chenault one's the question because you start Jerry Judah because Cortland Sutton got hurt. But then that same logic should apply to Alan Lazard. You know, Devontae Adams had almost no shot at playing. So you've got to start Alan Lazard. And it's not like you benched him for somebody good. Um, you know, LaVisca Chenault, I guess he was playing the Dolphins and supposed to get a lot of touches. But Lazard should have been started there. A bad um, but he got away with it. Yeah, he got away with it anyway. So a win's right. a win. Yeah, not a big I, fan of the uh, Lazard benching, especially since he's an Iowa State guy. Yeah, Big 12. I didn't know that. That's right. Uh, I guess we can then jump to um, our next matchup last week, which was unfortunate in Portsmouth. Another tough, tough week. Uh, the South Bend Swine kind of took them to the cleaners. And I don't think there's much to break down here except for just a lot of issues in Portsmouth. And I know we'll get to our trade breakdown and he is trying to make some moves to get out of the basement. But man, this lineup... Um, it's bad. Shane, do you want to, is there anything you want to talk? I don't want to spend too much time on this matchup just because no, I don't think it. it I mean, it. just another tough break for Frank. A um, couple of them really. John Brown got hurt again. Um, another injury for the seaman. Um, so putting up a zero there, he put up 116 with a zero on his team. Um, and a couple guys with one point. Right. Um, so there's some promise there, but another injury that just, that just hurts. Uh, the, and the big thing is Dion Lewis, um, you know, he dropped, almost 40 fab, I think on him, 40% of his budget on Dion Lewis, who's already been cut. Um, you know, he put up, what is it? 1.5 points, uh, this week and he got cut. Um, so trouble in Portsmouth, but he did make a great trade. I would consider it. And we'll talk about that later. 
Um, as for the swine, um, yeah, solid week. 150. Can't complain about that. Yeah, big fan of the swine. Uh, fun fact is uh, there's more pigs in Iowa than there are people. That is a fun wow. fact. Look at you bringing something to the table. Two fun facts in a row. That was a good one. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I'll just re- put a bow on this one real quick. I do really like the swine roster. Uh, I'm a huge fan. And um, I do think the Portsmouth Seaman did improve their roster. But um, we'll get to somebody now who uh, Iowa, uh, Matt from Iowa, might have a little bit of interest in. And that was um, the Cuddlers moved to 3-0. and with just absolute luck, uh, taking down the Kentucky Raccoons. The Raccoons get eliminated from SBFL Survivor. The third straight week now, we've had an owner not hit the century mark. Um, Week one, it was the Seaman. Week two, it was uh, the Hammers. And now week three, it's the Raccoons. Somebody else not hitting that 100 mark. And I got to say, I know he did make a trade, and I'm going to start with this one, uh, and I'll let Iowa, you know, kind of close this one out. But I – Voted John Snow's team the worst at, at the draft. He then put up a really good week one. I looked like I had a little egg on my face. I think I was voted douche of the week uh, for saying it. And yeah, then six, here, six time douche of the week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then back to back weeks now, the Kentucky Raccoons have put up absolutely abysmal numbers. Lamar Jackson looks very human. His wide receiving core is absolute garbage. Drake stinks. Clyde edwards Hilaire is okay, and Jonathan Taylor is okay. He doesn't have a lot of firepower that he has had in years past. And and on the other side of this coin, I mean, the Cuddlers, I think I looked like I think eight or nine teams in the league would be 3-0 and with the Cuddlers schedule. That's how soft that schedule has been. And I think Anthony's like ninth overall in points. Like, it's just – it's a really – uh, smoke and mirrors type of uh, season so far for the Cuddlers, but I will turn the floor over to Mr. Cook, who's been going back and forth with the raccoons. So uh, the floor is yours, sir. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, looking here at Anthony's roster, I kind of like it. Uh, Cooper and Ridley, that's pretty good. Uh, James Conner, slow start, but it's like he's doing well. CD Lamb, I have him too. That's pretty solid and then i don't know how much he paid for Tannehill, but he seems like he's a decent option um yeah i don't know like uh one of my leagues is a standard league that i've been doing for a while and i think i've broken 100 every single week so it's kind of kind of rough there no but uh i don't know i don't think that his team's that bad i think clyde's gonna be fine i think i didn't like the kenny drake pick but Kenny Drake, you guys must Taylor's be close. solid. I think his quarterbacks are solid. I think... What? I said Kenny Drake, you guys must be close. I didn't know he had that nickname. Um, Kenny. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've got but, a lot of names with some people. <laughs> I, I still love John Snow's roster. Um, you know, I, well, my problem with it is Lamar Jackson. Um, I didn't even want to touch Lamar Jackson in the draft because I thought a regression was coming. I've seen it happen with Colin Kaepernick. Um, and now it's happening with Lamar Jackson, a year of film and an off season does NFL coaches wonders to scheme against them. Um, but as far as his running backs are concerned, uh, I'd still take Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor um, very happily on my team. I think they're fine. I think almost Edwards Hilaire floor has been 
what he's been doing. Um, I think it's only up from here um, for really both those guys. And then Cam kind of shit the bed this week um, in a weird 11-point game versus the Raiders, even though this uh, the Patriots put up 36 points. Um, just kind of a weird week. Um, I still like Snow's roster. I think Anthony will squeak into the playoffs later because of this 3-0 hot start. Um, but Snow's 1-2, and two, and I still expect to see him in the playoffs. Our next matchup here, uh, the Shitland Steamers get off the schneid. Uh, they were 0-2, and, and they walk into Texas, take down the Rattlesnakes, move to 1-2, and two, uh, and send the Rattlesnakes back to 1-2. and two. And Shane, you can start with this one. Yeah, uh, kind of a tough break for Ira um, in that he's basically wasted Josh Allen's hot start at one and two. Um, you really, when he's putting up, you know, the fourth or fifth best uh, quarterback start in fantasy football history, um, you hope to have more than one win from that. Um, so that definitely sucks. Um, Should have went out and got Mike Davis, probably would have lost this week anyway. Um, you know, when you start Ronald Jones and Miles Gaskin um, as your top two running backs, it's kind of an issue. He had Tariq Cohen go down, um, which doesn't help. Um, as far as the steamers go, um, Chris Carson got hurt. Tyler Lockett had a monster game. I think his team is just average. Um, I think he'll, he'll move around 500 from here on out. What Chris you got, Carson Matt? Got that was terrible. Oh. I have him in both leagues, and that is a shame. Yeah, but at least you've got Hyde also. I don't know. I do if, too. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, Casey also has Carlos Hyde, so that does help. But what, what are your thoughts on the rest of it? Uh, I mean, love Ira, um, but uh, I like Miles Gaskin too. Um, yeah, it sucks. I mean, Terry Cohen got hurt, and maybe not a full uh, potential there. But uh, T.Y. Hilton's kind of screwing him too. So that's. Definitely some liabilities there, but uh, what can you do? Yeah, yeah. T.Y. Hilton's real, real bust so far. I mean, I mentioned this on the podcast when he was on it last week, and and I just don't think – I mean, I know we're in a super flex league, and quarterbacks carry a lot, a lot of weight. Um, and I said that I don't think even his two quarterbacks can carry the weight of that dog shit roster. And I was right. Um, I Now, Tariq Cohen obviously got hurt. But the rest of his roster did not get hurt. Um, and that just I mean, Stefan Diggs pretty good. Yeah, he is good. Um, I guess that's, that's true. But again, he's t- a touchdown dependent, eight, four catches. Um, if he doesn't catch that touchdown, he's he has an eight-point week. Like uh I just he doesn't have a guy other than his quarterbacks that can go out and score 20 points a week. Now I know those things, those guys are hard to find, but he he doesn't have one. And when I say, I guess 20 points a week, just 20 points in any given week. Like you just can't look up and down his roster and say, Oh, that guy could give you 20 this week. There's nobody. There's, yeah. there's no, I think like Matt said, that's T Y Hilton. That's the whole, when you draft T Y Hilton, you're thinking, well, he's got a quarterback now and rivers, he'll get you there. Um, so I hope that, that turns around. The offense is going to go for him too. But, but we can move on from this matchup. And I uh, will make this one my number one guy, Travis Kelsey on Casey's team. That's yeah, no, another very average day for a very average tight end. <laughs> <laughs> he had like 15 or he had a decent week in, in regular PPR. So, but yeah, it was disappointing. 
we will jump into our fifth. Is this the fifth matchup? Yeah, the fifth yeah. matchup. Some would say the match of the week. I mean, it was the closest match. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, there was some coaching errors in Kate May. Um, but ultimately, yeah, this was, this was well, I guess, I mean, the matchup week for us for sure. But uh, there was one better game. Uh, this was definitely the closest margin of victory. And I'll start, and then I'll let Shane kind of kind of gloat. The campers go down to the Cobras, 143 to 140, a nail-biter for sure. Um, some poor decision-making uh, in Kate May, I guess you could say. I, I still stand by. I thought Michael Pittman was going to have a decent game against the Jets. The problem was he went down with an injury at the beginning of the second quarter. By the time he get, came back in late third quarter, the, the game was definitely out of hand. So he got injured and then game scripted, um, which definitely killed me. Um, and then the Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen threw up a pass late in the game against the Rams. There was pass interference called. I didn't see any pass interference. I know a lot of people did not see any pass interference. Josh Allen then goes and scores a touchdown against my Rams defense which crossed uh, the threshold of 35 points scored, which cost me three points on my defense. If that pass interference doesn't get called, the Rams defense has seven and the campers win 143.2 to 143.0. And this is a very different week, but it was called and that's the margin of victory. Sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, Shane, go ahead. Two big issues. Michael Pittman over me, Hardman was a terrible decision. Uh, when I saw it in there, I was surprised and happy at the same time. Um, but the bigger issue is the defense. Um, and I said it on, actually on last week's pod because uh, waivers had run and I spent $7 on the Colts because I thought you were going after them because I figured there's no way that you're keeping the Rams defense versus Buffalo Bills who have been putting up massive points each week. Josh Allen's actually on fire. Um, so that's where the questions come in. Um, I know in the past you have hired a coach midseason um, because of these blunders, um, and I think you might need to consider bringing someone in this year also. Yeah, I like to use facts and reasoning and my eyeballs to make decisions. I know sometimes other people don't. Uh, the fact is Josh Allen's not that good. He just is not that good. He throws a lot of Hail Mary balls that I, I saw somewhere he has the most – turnover potential throws this year. I don't know where I saw the stat that have been luckily either not intercepted or, you know, his receivers made a great play. Um, and I, I watched that, you know, I can see that Josh Allen's not that good at football. And I was thinking, you know what, this is the week he cools off. I'm keeping the Rams defense because I can not only look at this matchup and say, it's a good matchup, but I can also look in the future and say, oh, wait a second, this Rams defense is playing the Giants next? Yeah, I'm going to keep them on my roster. And like I said, if it wasn't for pass interference, they don't give up 35. I could score seven points, win the game. Um, and the Miko Hardman thing, he had four targets all season. Four targets. The whole entire season, he had four targets. And Michael Pittman's going against the Jets. And again, if he doesn't get injured in the start of the second quarter, I think he gets me the three points I need um, to win. And quite frankly, if McCall Hardman doesn't break loose for that, you know, 50-yard touchdown, which yeah, McCall Hardman's boomer bust, that obviously was a boom play. If he doesn't get that one play, I still lose anyway. So 
I, to to say that their coaching blunders, I, I see. I don't put these in the same category that I put the Alan Lazard benching on the the Baines team. The Alan Lazard benching was horrible, in my opinion. He's the number one wide receiver on a great offense with a great quarterback, and you know he's going to get targeted against the Saints. But of course, you know the Baines win because they play someone who scores 103. If I played someone that scores 103, we're not talking about coaching. Probably not. Still should have gotten different defense. Matt, what is your take on this matchup? I mean, I I hear what Chris is saying with there's a couple other things, but um, I don't know. He could have put him in. He could have not, but I probably would have, but I understand the reluctance with uh, all the targets in KC that are going to be heading Travis Kelsey's way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, DK Metcalf could have also had what another touchdown and what that fumble or strip thing cost. Yeah. That cost me eight points at a minimum. Yeah. So like there's that. And then your other wide receiver twos were kind of disappointing. So they could have, (laughs) <laughs> gotten you over the hump. I thought Zeke kind of had a disappointing game too. So yeah, it was know. a down week. Hey, 143 down points on a down game. week. I'll take it. I, 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 like I, roster, but, uh, I wouldn't be panicking if I was Chris either. No, I'm certainly not panicking. And I said, you know, on the live stream on Monday night, I'll panic if I get to zero and five, uh, I'm not even panicking if I lose this week at zero and four. Um, but zero and five is when I'll hit the panic button. Now, the other thing I will say is, the campers are feeling very snake bitten at the quarterback position this year, because this is the third straight week that we have faced um, absolute monster games uh, against us at those two quarterback positions. And when I re- look around the league at like a Cam Newton scoring 11, this week, I'm like, man, why can't I face a quarterback that shits himself? Uh, it seems like every week I'm facing guys, even Drew Brees, uh, Drew Brees this week, he's been terrible. I think he's had like 13 points, both games, and then drops a 23 on me. Now, Russ is going to cook. I know that. You know, it's just like Alvin Kamara. Like, Shay can say, yeah, Alvin Kamara scored 38 against me. He's the best player in fantasy football. That's going to happen. So I'm not complaining so much about Russ. Um, just overall this year, it feels like I'm very getting – I'm just getting murdered at the quarterback position for three straight weeks. And that's really where my losses are coming from. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I don't know who you had last week, but it's – uh it it does suck whenever you constantly get dumped on. And I mean, I think the guy that played me last week had to go up against another person that put up 180. So that's the luck of the draw. But I don't know. I like both your guys' team, uh, especially now that you have Deshaun Watson. That's kind of good. But he doesn't have hardly any receivers to throw to. But Yeah, that's all right, though. He's had three tough matchups, and I still think he's looked kind of good. Yeah. Shall we get to our final matchup? Last one. Go for it. The king of the hill battle. This was, and we talk about bad breaks. Um, this was the <laughs> ultimate bad break for the Altamont fire. The ultimate, um, you know, worst thing that can happen to you in a head to head fantasy football league is scoring the second most points and losing. And that's exactly what happened to the fire this week. That's a tough, that's a really, really tough um, break. I, I have been there. I think you guys have been there. It's uh, it kind of makes you feel a little bit ill after the uh, the whole week said and done. Yeah, I mean, last week I talked about the hammers, uh, saying they've got no boom potential. Um, 
And was I wrong? No. I still defend it. 165 points spread across evenly. Everyone just had the best game of their season. Allen Robinson's not doing that again. Uh, Robert Woods, 19 points. That's a solid game. Carson Wentz, 21.5. We all know that's his ceiling um, because that guy sucks at football. Uh, Nick Chubb had a good game. Um, I still stand by that. Kareem Hunt is just as good as Nick Chubb. That's the issue there. Um, Still not in love with the Hammers roster, um, but I'm glad he did not completely press the panic button um, and he hung on. And as for the fire side of things, James Robinson, 28-point week down the drain. Still got problems in that running back position. Um, he's got to hope that Robinson can still continue to put up those weeks, which I don't think he will. Um, and now he's got Chris Godwin with a hammy, which will linger for weeks and weeks and weeks. They linger. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think KJ had a pretty decent week. Um, and then the fire. I mean, I thought they were pretty top heavy. I mean, one, two, three, four, five guys in single digits for him. Um, but I do like the team. He's got Hoppy and Mahomes. I played James Robinson this week against him, and that just really sucked. So I think he's going to be a solid player, but he had some disappointments, but some also career days from people. So, Yeah, a tough break uh, on Mark Andrews dropping a touchdown. That would have made your Monday night stream very interesting. Yeah, he was definitely panicking, um, like, very early in the game. And I was like, like I, you know what, I, I had started drinking before that Monday night live stream, and I knew, you know, Ingram only needed three yards to, to beat me. So I wasn't, you know, I was more just going to have a good time and, and, and watch the game and kind of talk about the matchups. And the way we had to set up is I couldn't really see the screen. My eyes aren't that good anyway. And um, the computer was pretty far away from where I was sitting. and. I couldn't really see the score and he starts panicking. I'm like, Oh wow. The fire have a shot here. Like he's catching up. And I was like, what's the score? And he says 165 to 111. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Still 50 more points. Um, so he does prematurely panic. Um, but listen, he is the King of the Hill. And um, I guess right now let's uh, let's throw it to the previously recorded interview with the King of the Hill and, and let him have his two cents about his win this week, and his matchup next week. And the winner, and the winner, and the winner, winner is, the winner is, MC, the hammer, the hammer, the hammer. You can't touch this. You can't touch That's this. right. We welcome in our new king of the hill, MC Hammer, the Mexico City Hammers. Welcome in, KJ. Happy to be here. Yeah, I bet you are happy to be here. <laughs> Get off the schneid. That's right. I, I called it last week. I called it the biggest uh, matchup in Mexico City's franchise history. And 0-2, he had a chance to get to 1-2, and get right back in the thick of the playoff race, and put $10 in his pocket. So congratulations. Uh, take me through kind of your thought process. And not only, you know, you last Thursday night, and then into Sunday, and then to the Monday night live stream. So go ahead and just break it all down. Well, I definitely was panicking, and that's why you saw some trades uh, happen, and I needed to do some trades to win at least uh, week three and probably beyond. Uh, When I did see James Robinson go off, I was very, 
very down on it overall on my end. But uh, going into Sunday, I was like, all right, let's do this and get see uh, see how it happens with uh, Wentz going against Cincinnati. Uh, even though he sucked on the field, he still got fantasy points. And Chubb just going off in Eckler. It, it was a good time. It was a good time. Very good time. And then Monday night happens, and you all saw on the live stream, I was a little bit panicky with Mahomes just going off, but pulled it off and got the win, and now I'm here. Yeah, I was sitting right there front and center with you on that live stream, and and you were sweating bullets. I don't know if it came through <laughs> on the live stream. I'm sure it did a little bit. The 40-burger from Mahomes, um, really – the Mark Andrews, if he catches that touchdown, I think that would have been like an eight or a nine point play. We would have had, we would have saw some real, real sweat um, on that live stream. But nonetheless, almost everybody in your lineup seemed to score a touchdown. Wentz had a rushing touchdown, and then Woods, Thielen, A. Rob all got receiving touchdowns. Uh, Chubb and Eckler both with uh, some rushing touchdowns there. So, and even your defense scored a touchdown. So it was a good week to be Mexico city. It was a tough week for Altamont. That's a tough break being the highest, uh, second highest score and taking an L, but this is not about them. This is about Mexico city and your defense of the crown going into week four and your matchup with the Kentucky raccoons. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, I picked up a new defense for this and uh, with Seattle who they're facing Miami Bad move. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just overall, like I think my team is actually coming together uh, and seeing the numbers from last week, it just need to continue. Um, and I saw some good news today that helped with Nick Mullins being the quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G still out. So uh, now that Kentucky raccoons have George Kittle, that could uh, hurt George Kittle uh, upside enormously, even though he'd probably get a good floor. It's still that upside is uh, probably not there. Yeah. Um, if I'm breaking down this matchup, uh, I would be a little bit nervous for you. Um, but, you know, I think it's anybody's game and I, I think you could defend the crown. Although history is not on your side as every single King of the Hill has found a way to lose the following week, small sample size, but still, uh, still a true case there. Yes. And I believe that you probably would want me to win anyway, because uh, it'd be a matchup between me and you the following week. Oh, is that true? Yes. I, I don't look that far ahead. I, I <laughs> probably should, I guess, um, but I, I don't look that far ahead. So if you do defend your crown, then yeah, Mexico city and Kate may then um, in week five, that would be for a fun Monday night. I don't know what the Monday night stream uh, Monday night game would be. Um, looks like Chargers Saints, but hey, that's an interview for another week. If it happens, you have to get by the Kentucky Raccoons first. Uh, I wish you the best of luck this week, King, and right, thank uh, you. thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. There you have it. The King of the Hill for week three. We will, uh, we've got five minutes left on the zoom call. Do you want to pause it here or do you want to go do our power ranking review and then pause it? Power ranking review. All right. We could do the power ranking review. I got two points to make. Thank hold you. On, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. oh, we got a song. We got a song. And it's my favorite one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to play it. I've got to yeah. play it. 
My bad. I, I didn't play it last week. I got lazy uh, during the editing. So go ahead and hit the tunes. What does it take to be number one? Two is not a winner. Three, nobody remembers. What does it take to be number one? Our rankings review. So my two points. Uh, thank you, Mike, for recognizing uh, that the Purple Cobras are the premier franchise uh, of the SPFL this year. Um, the other point is Ira being 11th. Always funny because he probably will finish 11th, um, but he does not have the 11th best team right now. He's He's got a pretty solid squad, especially when McCaffrey gets back. Um, other than that, I thought they were pretty good rankings. Yeah, and I know... Um, like you fell five spots, John Snow. Yikes. Is that what he fell? Five spots down to what? Oh, 10th. Yikes. That is a, that's a problem. He's buying the campers, the 0-3 campers. Uh, this is not where you want to find yourself. Yeah, I, the, a couple oh, of things. I feel like Mike is getting better at these power rankings every week with the with the write ups. I think you know, he's three and zero. So obviously, when you're three and zero, you get more into this, and you know you you want to kind of boast and talk about it and, and have some fun with it. Um, I feel like this year, more than years past, and especially more than the off season rankings, he is taking points and points scored way more into consideration when he's doing these rankings. Uh, than he is in years past, which is ultimately, you know, what we're talking about when we say, you know, yeah, you can factor in wins and losses. That does matter. But when we're talking about power rankings, I want to see some reflection of like, hey, this is a good team that got screwed. Um, And I think he did do, you know, the fire loss, but second highest score, he bumped them up two weeks. Uh, The Cuddlers won, go to 3-0, but they still get bumped down a spot. Um, You know, and then he's looking at the Cobras and, you know, they have a – a really good roster. So, um, yeah, Matt, did you have anything? Uh, no, just, uh, John Snow's dropping and Chris is still has the number nine on lock and Shane, number one way to go, Shane. Yeah, definitely an impressive number one ranking, um, for the purple Cobras. I, I don't think I've oh, ever my uh, other team. Okay. They're number two. Yeah, I actually, I actually think the Swine have the best team. Um, that's no disrespect to the Cobras. I, I do think the Cobras have a second best team, um, but I just I love what the Swine have um, as far as their running backs, their wide receivers, and and then they have Aaron Rodgers. So, um, but uh, since you are number one, Shane, we have one minute left on the Zoom call. I'll let you uh, finish up the power ranking review. Oh, well, I started it. I don't really have much else to say. Uh, right. I, I still hate my team, to be honest with you. If you're looking for a trade, hit me up. Um, I also don't have a lot of people to trade either. So I'm kind of in a weird spot. I think that's actually why I hate it. Uh, my starters are fine, but I've got no bench to trade and I love trading. Um, so that's really my issue with it. But number one, thank you, Mike. Well, let's go ahead and move into trivia time. Trivia time. And I got to be honest, this is kind of a lame question. And somehow in the transition between Zoom calls, Iowa lost, uh, the whole state of Iowa lost the internet apparently because he's not able to get into this Zoom call. So we're just going to go forward, Shane and I, and if he's able to jump back in, um, then that'll be great. But Yeah, a uh, little note on that. Before we started this call, he told me he had never been on a Zoom call at all in his life before. Um, I guess that's the life of a farmer because uh, in 2020, I thought everyone would have had Zoom by now. Um, but I guess it makes sense if you just look at corn all day, you might not do that. 
Yeah. So, um, well, if he pops back in, hopefully he does, we'll just uh, make him part of the show again, but uh, we're just going to keep going. And the trivia question, like I said, is kind of lame today. I'm, I'm, it's hard to find good ones every week. Uh, but this one, we do have a matchup between a three and O Mike Stocko and an O and three Frank Evanoso. And Frank obviously looking to not go O and four. And the trivia question today is in the historic matchup between the Baines and the Seaman, they have faced seven times. How many wins do the Portsmouth Seaman have of those seven? Uh, oof. I've got absolutely no idea. Um, six and one. Frank, six and one versus Mike. That is the complete opposite. Uh, Frank Ooh. is <laughs> Frank is one and six against Mike Stocko, and that does not bode well uh, for his chances this week. But I thought this trivia question was not only nice because they're playing each other, obviously that's why I asked it, but also nice because um, even though it looks like historically he's going to go to 0-4, uh, he is the subject of our trade breakdown. So we can move right into that. It's a nice little segue. And the song is buffering. That for this, we'll make a trade called Trade Breakdown. This for that. that for this, we'll have it made with Barter. The headline of the week uh, was the Portsmouth Seaman making a pretty big trade with the Kentucky Raccoons. Um, I guess we could talk about the other trade this week if you want to spend a lot of time on it. Well, really, there was three because KJ and I had a trade um, that happened right after. So it was before the pod was released, but after it was recorded. So we hadn't talked about it. So we really have three to talk about. That is true. Um, yeah, I guess you could start with that one. All right. Yeah, let's go in order. Um, so I traded uh, Marvin Jones, Derek Carr, and Brandon Cooks for Drew Brees and Mark Ingram. Um, two washed up vets that I really don't care for. Um, but I'll take their production on my team. Um, Marvin Jones, I like, but he hasn't done shit this year. Uh, Brandon cooks again. I like, he hasn't really done a whole lot. Um, I think he's going to be up and down based on the health of Will Fuller. And then Derek Carr is, he's just a steady quarterback. Um, he's not going to win you game, but he's probably not going to lose you game. He's going to, he's going to get you 15 or so points. Um, and, and- yeah, and obviously this is a unique spot because this trade happened before week three, and we are recording this podcast after week three. And you traded that was that trade directly correlated to you winning a game? Uh, basically, yeah, because I got Drew Brees, um, so that worked out nicely. Otherwise, I was going to start Dimes. Um, to be honest, I still wanted to start Danny Dimes, and I was very close to doing it, um, but I ended up going with Brees just because it was a home game, and I figured he'd think and dunk his way to you know, 24 points or whatever he ended up with. I, I didn't think he'd get 24, um, but I just figured he was a safer bet than dimes. And thank God I did. Uh, the next trade happened uh, between the steamers and the raccoons, and it's really not worth any uh, analysis at all. The steamers received Sam Darnold. The raccoons received Julian Edelman. Let's move on. The big trade between the seamen and the raccoons. The Portsmouth seamen get Kenyon Drake who has disappointed, uh, but the only running back in this deal, which is always kind of unique, especially this year with a lot of running back issues. Uh, The Seaman also received Noah Fant and Will Fuller. 
while the raccoons get Cooper Cup and George Kittle. Do you have a winner? Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting because I think it's an even trade if you look at the next two, three, maybe even four weeks or so. Um, I think in the long run, Frank wins it um, with Kenyon Drake, uh, Noah Fant, Will Fuller. Um, I understand why Snow pulled the trigger on this because he does have Daryl Henderson and now Jeff Wilson who are going to be um, viable starters for the next few weeks. Um, Wilson will go back to uh, being virtually useless once Mostert is fully healthy, which should be soon. Um, and Daryl Henderson's kind of a wild card. Um, so for now, I see it working out for both sides, um, but I like it for the entire season more for Portsmouth. Um, so I think the Seaman won the deal. I think Drake will bounce back. He's getting tons of carries, tons of touches. Um, he'll start producing and scoring more um, moving forward. So I, I like what Frank did here. I like what Frank did here too. Uh, as someone who has the least points scored in the league, um, you have to do just, you have to try and do something and, and to get a trade that's this balanced and you, in my opinion, get the best player in the trade. Um, that's a really, really nice job. I was a little bit intrigued by what Kentucky was doing because uh, like you just said, he already has Daryl Henderson and Jeff Wilson. And uh, it hadn't really been brought up until, to, I guess, yesterday uh, with COVID-19. And this is one of the reasons, you know, at the draft, I made a distinct point to not stack. You know, I, I'm someone who's liked to, I've liked to stack. I, I enjoy, you know, a wide receiver quarterback combination. Um, but I purposely did not grab two guys from the same team. Um, and he just traded for two guys with two other starters already in his lineup from that team. So if COVID hits the, uh, the West coast, there pretty hard. He could have more issues than, than maybe he sees fit right now. Yeah. I mean, overall, I don't think it was a bad trade either way, but if I'm picking sides, I'd rather have Frank side. I agree. I would rather have Frank side, but it's very close. It's very, very close. Uh, and then, I mean, Fab was dominated by the uh, Virginia Beach Purple Cobras this week. So uh, I guess we can let uh, let's let go ahead and you can talk about the Fab, um, and I'll jump in when you get to Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of money to spend. Um, got thirty bucks for doing some auction duties, um, and I think I spent it pretty well. I mean, obviously, I don't know how they're going to end up in the the future, but based on the other bids this week. Um, I'm happy how it turned out with Justin Jefferson for 41. Um, I, I eked him out. I think he's going to be a viable starter. And as someone with only three wide receivers on their roster heading into this Tuesday night, um, I needed to make sure I got the best one available. So I did that, backed him up with Brandon Ayuk for $8, which was a perfect bid because it matched Ira's $8 bid. Um, and then Alshon Jeffrey I added for seven um, because he should be back soon. And with the Sean Jackson going down, he is now basically the only wide receiver in Philadelphia. Um, as much as they may not be that useful, um, at least I've got the best one. So I did spend, you know, 50, 60 bucks, um, but I had it to spend. I feel good about it. And I think I've actually got some depth on my roster for the first time this year. Um, other than that, I don't think a whole lot happened. Um, you know, Rex Burkhead went for 12 bucks. I don't know that he even had another bid, which is very surprising because I had some bids on Rex Burkhead that ended up deleting um, just because I, I kind of wanted to hone in on wide receivers. 
Uh, Mo Alley Cox for 10 bucks. I did want him as a backup because just an interesting tight end. I know Frank back in the back in the day was a big Antonio Gates fan. So Mo Alley Cox being a basketball player um, fits right into his mold. Um, other than that, you know, just some solid pickups. T Higgins, five bucks. I thought that was a good deal. Um, Brian Hill, eight dollars. I thought that was a good deal. Um, Ten dollar defense, Denver Broncos to the Rattlesnakes. That seems bold. I understand they're playing the Jets, but the Broncos aren't very good themselves. Um, we'll see how it pans out. They get a pick six, then obviously it was a good pickup. Um, but what, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I, yeah, I thought that the $10 defense was a smidge of an overbid. And obviously it was with the only two other bids with $3. Um, Justin Jefferson, I had actually put 34 on him right Tuesday morning when I, you know, did a quick scanning. And I talked about this last week. Usually when there's the guy I like, and I do like Justin Jefferson, obviously I bid $34 on him. I usually keep going up and, you know, if I started 34, I probably would have ended up around 44, which ultimately obviously would have gotten him on my team. But the, the COVID situation, I was like, um, I don't know if I want to spend $44 because I really wanted him for this week. Um, just in case Devontae Adams went down, I thought he'd be, uh, Devontae Adams stayed out. I guess I should say he would be a good fill in, um, for that. So I really just wanted him for this week. And then when the COVID stuff started going down, I was like, you know, let me just keep it at 34. That might be good enough anyway. Uh, turns out it wasn't. I do think Justin Jefferson is a good get. And I'm kind of glad that I don't have to play you again because that's not going to come back to haunt me. Yeah. And I actually, that was sort of part of my thinking too was the COVID. Um, otherwise, I probably would have more if they were playing 100% this week. Um, but I don't need him for this week, um, especially now that I've got Ayuk. Um, so that was more of a long-term play for me. Um, you know, luckily my bye weeks for my wide receivers are all on different weeks and they're all in the future. Um, so just adding him to the mix, hopefully I've, I can still start three solid wide receivers every week is my thought. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for fab. Um, and, uh, I guess at this time set it to our second week in a row of, uh, the champs and a chump. And last week's chump became king of the hill. So maybe there's good things in store for the, uh, the chump of the week this week. Go ahead, Casey, take it away. Thanks guys. Uh, joining us again for another week of champs and a chump. We, uh, we actually have to go back and congratulate our last week's chump on, uh, I'm posting the high score. So KJ, good job, man. You see that we just needed to light a little fire into your ass to get you uh, playing some, some good fantasy this week. So uh, we will start it off. Our new chump for this week is I hate to say it. He's also one of our champs, uh, John snow. Sorry, man. You, uh, you didn't break the century mark. So you're, you're the chump for this week. It's all right, man. I'm doing a lot of firsts this year. You know, I was first king of the hill, first king to lose. Now I'm the first champ to be a chump. I'm going to be the first chump to be a champ, though. So let's just keep that in mind. All right. All right. Um, just to break down picks for last week, uh, Jon Snow went 5-1. and one. Picking against himself actually worked out last week. Cause, uh, <laughs> to quote him, the Cuddlers are the luckiest sons of bitches in the league. Smart, man. 
And then uh, Anthony and myself both went four and two. And Matt's bringing up the rear with his uh, three and three pick. Uh, I'm going to say Frank let him down there with that that showing last week. So uh, we'll tally him again for, for next week, and we'll, we'll have the running tally going along all season. Uh, we're still thinking of a punishment for the, the three losers, but we'll get that fixed for everybody. Um, so now we're on to week four. I know we're, uh, we're recording this actually in the fourth quarter of the Thursday night game right now. So hopefully that doesn't deter too many picks for this week. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's start off with, uh, the first matchup. Let's do campers in the fire. Anthony, what you got for us? Uh, campers fires, uh, this matchup, it looks like the presidential debate. There's no real winner. Just two teams going out like schoolgirls. We're just looking to see who's in the sticker bitch race. But I do think the cameras finally get their, to the W column this week. His QB is going to have a good week. Kamara is probably the best fantasy player right now. So I got the campers. Okay. Interesting. Interesting pick. Uh, I'm going with the fire uh, just for the sheer entertainment factor of the campers going 0-4. Uh, <laughs> the We Are Fine videos, we'll see if they continue. Um, but maybe he needs to, you know, actually realize that it's time to blow it up. So let's go fire. Okay. Yeah, this this is a this is a tough one for me too. I mean, obviously that Robinson guy is not going to score twenty seven every week, and J.K. Dobbins doesn't look like a great RB two. But uh, I think I got to go with uh, the Kate May campers on this one. Believe it or not, it's hard to go against Pat Mahomes and Dak Prescott. But uh, I'm gonna lean that way this time. Um, uh, oof, this, is a, this is a tough one. I really would like to see the campers go 0 and 4 just because, as Matt said, uh, blow up the roster. But I think those running backs are all going to show up in force uh, this week. So I'm actually going to go with the campers as well. So three of us on the camper and Matt's going against the grain to uh, for the fire to, to pull one out. Um, the next matchup we have are the rattlesnakes and the cuddlers. Uh, this is a tough one because I lost Big Ben, Connor, Tannehill for a week. But luckily, I picked a lineup that has that can get me through bye weeks, and that's pretty much what this is right now. So I'm gonna pick the colors. Fitz Magic's gonna take me there. All right. Um. Yeah. Definitely a tough one. Definitely. Uh, a few shots to your roster. Do we know what they're doing as far as the that game when it's made up? Any chance that it'll be applied to this week, uh, their fantasy stats? Um, I know that when they're going to redo Pittsburgh, they're moving Baltimore's bye to week seven, and they're going to play Pittsburgh and Baltimore week eight. Mm. Yeah, and I guess uh, after I said that, I realized, you know, that really wouldn't work out because you'd have to, I guess, keep (laughs) those spots empty for this week. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a tough break for Anthony, um, but I'm going to take the Cuddlers over the Rattlesnakes. Look, Ira, probably the most un well, I don't know, maybe Frank is, but Ira is in competition for the most unlucky person in the group. Anthony, luckiest person on earth. You should be playing the lottery right now, every week. But uh, Ira three sixteen says, "I just whooped your ass. I'm going with the Rattlers on this one." <laughs> I'm uh, 
Yeah, I think it's just bad luck for for the Cuddlers this week having that game postponed. So I'm actually going to go with the Rattlesnakes. Uh, they're going to get back on track and, and pull pull out a victory. Sorry, Anthony, but got to go. Got to go with Anthony or with Ira. Sorry, jeez. Uh, the next matchup we got is the Baines and the Seamen, who actually have some some guys playing tonight. So. We'll, we'll try to ignore that these guys already have points and just go based off of the original matchup. What you got it for us, Anthony? Uh, let's see, I got the semen for this one. I think uh, he finally writes the ship. I know. I think um, he's missing some people because of the way um, COVID. But yeah, I'm going with the semen. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Baines. I. I was the lone wolf on the semen last week and uh, we saw how they performed and I went against the Baines. I mean, granted it was against myself, but uh, I think the Baines keep it rolling. They're firing on all cylinders and putting up big numbers week after week. Yeah. The semen got great matchups across the board, Seattle, Dallas, the jets, Carolina, Minnesota, the giants, none of them have stopped anybody all year, but like I just said, Frank's one of the least lucky person in the people in the group. So I'm going to go with the Baines on this one. I am also going to go with the Baines. I, I don't know. Frank's, uh, I don't even know if he's watching any of these games, but yeah, his team, I know, he, I know he tried to make some trades. It's unfortunate about Fant. Um, yeah, poor guy he, got traded left and right. Yeah. Week, huh? he, he traded for a, a good tight end who actually got carted off in the middle of this game that's going on right now. So that's just extremely unfortunate. So, I'm going to go with the Baines and yeah, sorry, Frank, hopefully it gets better for you. Uh, the next matchup we have is uh, John Snow and the raccoons versus the hammers, the, uh, the new King of the Hill. So we could actually have a two time where we're guaranteed to have a two time King based on this matchup alone. All right. For this one, uh, the raccoons, they shook it up with a few trades. I think he might've finally found his final solution at the wide receiver core. While the Hammers, they've been drinking the tap water down in Mexico City, but I do think the Hammers come away with the win. (laughs) (laughs) You can put me down for the Hammers. Okay. The Hammers and the tap water. All right, I got you down. All right, I think it's another one and done for the King of the Hill. Uh, The Hammers stuck it to us, going from Chump to King of the Hill uh, in one week, and... I think that trend continues and the raccoons right the ship and take the win over the hammers. Yeah. It's been a year first for me in the uh, Kentucky raccoons, new team name, you know, first, first champ, first chump, all this stuff, but uh, I'm going to be the first two time king of the hill too. All right. Let's count it. I, uh, I agree with you there. I, I do think you pull this one out and you send, uh, send, the hammers back down to the very bottom of the table. I, I just, yeah, I think your quarterbacks get it right. I think Lamar starts playing back to the level of what we saw a little bit last year instead of what he's been doing this year. Uh, our next matchup, we have the rats and the Cobras. This is a good one on paper. So hopefully it shakes out to be a good one. What you got for us, Anthony, who are you thinking in this one? I got the Cobras to win. They got Seattle going versus Dolphins. So, uh, Russ is going to put up a lot of points. Macav, Macav, 
Uh, the Rats have Gallman seems to be a bust and he doesn't have anyone else to replace him at the moment. Mozart's hurt. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I got uh, the Cobras. All right. Uh, yeah, we're hurting injury-wise. Uh, is Julio going to play? Hopefully, but probably still up in the air. Mostert's still out. A couple trades have been in the works during the week. Finger got close to the trigger, hasn't been able to pull it. Um, but I'm going with the Rats anyway. I think uh, we'll have what it takes to uh, pull it out over to Cobras. See, this is why it's a shame we're doing this on Thursdays because, like, you know, the Reds can make a couple moves here that I would totally pick them for. But right now, the Purple Cobras don't have two people in their starting slot, and they're still favored to win <laughs> by Yahoo, which obviously means nothing. I've been favored to win every game this year, and that hasn't turned out well for me. But I can't pick against the Cobras right now. They're doing what needs to be done to win. And right now, Pizza Rats, they just got a, a, a lot of question marks with the injuries they've got. So I'm going to go Cobras. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Cobras as well. Uh, once Matt's team finally gets all these Qs and Ds off of their, their roster, I think they'll be they'll be looking a little better. But, but right now, I think I just got to go with the Cobras. Someone just rip ass? Yeah, that was definitely a fart. I tried powering through right there, but someone definitely farted. So that's a little extra for you guys listening to this one. Yeah, don't edit that out. <laughs> I, I don't know how to edit it, so Shane, keep that in there once you get this. Uh, that brings us to the uh, the marquee matchup, if I do say so myself. That's uh, the Steamers and the Swine. Um, All right. So, yeah, Anthony, what you got? Uh, the Swine bench is looking like my Atlantic City gambling career. It's all in the red. They have injuries in every position. Derek Henry and Ebot Bronner delayed. And for these reasons, I'm picking the Steamers to win. Let me see. Yep, I got the Steamers as well. Uh, matchups favor the Steamers. Injuries for the Swine. Uh, steamers over the Swine for the Rats. Yeah, no Derrick Henry. That's that's huge. He's starting a Chicago Bear player. You know I'm never in a favor for that. And then uh, Sam Darnold, but the most impressive runner I've ever seen in my life. So I'm going to go with Steamers. Okay, and that is a clean sweep. The only one of the week. I'm going to go uh, with, yeah, the Steamers as well. I think we made a very good trade, trading for Sam Darnold. I know this is after he had that amazing run. He still doesn't look very good playing quarterback right now, but uh, I actually have two backup quarterbacks on my bench, so that doesn't look too good either. So as long as he's actually on the field and playing, I will take it. So uh, we're going to go with the steamers there as well. So uh, that wraps up our picks for this week. Do any of the champs have anything to say before we pitch it back to the, uh, to the Kiernan's? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, I'm good. good. Uh, back to you guys. All right. Well, that was his uh, his picks for uh, the, the games. Chump of the week. Again, he records it after Shane and I record this. And so um, I don't know who the chump of the week is. I'm kind of guessing it's the Kentucky Raccoons. Uh, he should probably be the chump of the week. Yeah, could be the raccoons. Um, seeing as Snow was on the podcast, I could see it uh, being as our own guest here, um, our former guest, uh, Iowa boy. Um, 
but we'll see who it turns out to be. Do you have any thoughts on the week four matchups just as a, a quick roundup um, to put a cherry on top of what they said? Yeah, I want to make one pick. What you got? I'm, take, I'm taking the Altamont Fire to beat the Cape May Campers. Oh, a little reverse psychology? That's the hope. <laughs> uh, I, I don't really have a whole lot. I, I think these matchups are just all middle of the road. Um, yeah, I play the Rats. Should be a good game. Um, the interesting one will be the Raccoons and the Hammers, I think, um, because at one and three, um, your chances of making the playoffs are pretty slim. And it helps that we have six teams in the playoffs now, but I think that's the one to watch because at, at one and three, um, both of those owners heavily invested in what happens. Um, we could see some, some trading. Um, I won't even necessarily call it panic trading, um, but we could see some trades next week from whoever ends up losing that matchup. Um, other than that, I hope Frank pulls out a win, but I don't see it happening. And before we get to our pick six, I just kind of wanted to, to touch on one last point. It's crazy looking at these standings because when we left the auction, all I kept thinking about was nobody lost the auction this year. Every year it feels like somebody lost the auction. Um, I've done it and I've seen other people do it. It didn't feel that way this year. And as we've gone now three weeks into the season, if you just look at points scored, now obviously there's a luck, uh, a little bit of a luck factor for you know points against and what your record is, who you play. But if you just look at points for the separation between first, the most points, and the 10th most points is less than 50, which yeah. is pretty wild. It is wild. And the pro- and Frank is just getting shit on, um, but he didn't even really lose the auction either. He just lost Saquon Barkley. Right. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, he really just lost a, a stud and, you know, maybe some of his other studs aren't really panning out the way the rest of us thought they were, but yeah, it's just kind of crazy. I think, I literally think anyone can still win the league. Um, even the semen, I, I think the semen could get hot and make a run at it. I, I think one to 12. And I, I think this, is this a bold prediction episode? No, no, I'm not predicting that to happen. I'm just saying, I I don't think he's out of it, especially with that trade and getting Kenyon Drake. Um, hey, you never know. You absolutely never know. And if fortunes, you know, if all of our schedules turn into Anthony's schedule, hey, uh, anybody can win any any game. Um, so that was just one thing I wanted to point out before we get to our NFL pick six. Um, and I I did get a Ted. We got a we got a uh, message from the Iowa guy. Did you see it? No, I have not seen it. Okay, uh, he said, "I'm sorry, guys. We had an emergency here. A cow got out." <laughs> Is that serious? <laughs> That's all the text says. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't get the text. I don't know. I don't know why, but uh, I didn't know he had cows. I wish he told us he had cows. I, I, he sounded like a pig expert, um, so I figured he had some pigs, but I, mean, I guess it makes sense. If you got pigs, you got cows. Yeah. So, uh, that's a tough break. Uh, that's a tough break for Iowa, but let's, uh, let's wrap up the pod and go into our, um, our picks, pick six, Shane, why don't you go first and uh, take your time? Cause I forgot to type mine in. So I need to go ahead and do that real quick. Yeah. And I'm searching here for a third one now because usually we go two, two, two. Um, but since we lost our guest this week, um, due to the cow issues. No, um, I have his picks. I have oh, his picks. You do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't know you had them. Um, my first one is going to be the 49ers Eagles over 46. Um, I picked the 49ers over last week. That was a winner. Um, Nick Mullins, wildly disrespected backup. Um, so I think he is going to uh, put up some points again. Um, whether or not Wentz can hold his end up uh, his end of the bargain up doesn't really matter because we're going to put up 30. So as long as the Eagles can get up 16, um, that will be a winner. You can go with your next one too. Oh, okay. Well, if you want my second one back to back while I'm scrolling through my DraftKings app, it's the Colts minus two and a half. Uh, Nick Foles, brand new starter, um, came back on the Falcons. Sorry, Casey. Not sure how that happened again. Um, that is that is pretty. That's pretty remarkable. Two straight weeks of falconing the hell out of it. Yeah, I mean that's just disheartening um, but I think the Colts are a way better team I think now that Foles has the reins four quarters might not go as well um, so I'll, I'll take the Colts minus two and a half and your first one was um, 49ers okay. Eagles over 46 Philly over 46 yep um, my two picks I know you're going to call me crazy, but I'm taking the Dolphins plus the six and a half against Seattle. I think uh, Russ, stops crazy. Cook- Russ stops cooking this week. Um, That's great. That's crazy. The Dolphins secondary is, is I mean, Byron Jones is still questionable, um, but if he plays, uh, their receivers aren't, aren't going to do anything against our cornerbacks. Uh, our defensive line definitely got to Minshew and made him look um, – just awful on Thursday night. We've had 10 days of rest and our linebackers are actually playing pretty good with Kyle Van Noy leading the bunch there. And Jerome Baker's playing good as well. And like I said, our secondaries is absolutely the best in, in football. And that's not even a biased opinion. That's just, uh, if you just look at the salaries, I mean, we're paying them as if they're the best in football. Um, and then my other pick is going to be, and you know I hate Josh Allen, so I'm taking the Raiders plus the three and a half uh, at home in Las Vegas. I just I'm I keep waiting for Josh Allen to throw six interceptions in one game, and it might happen this week. Um, I mean, it feels like you're tanking our sixteen parlay. Uh, well, last week, last week we were three and three as a group, and the one that I went head to head on Ira, I beat him. And I actually, I actually said last week that the Patriots over the Raiders was going to be like a 31 to, to seven game. And I think it ended up being very, very close to that score. So I was pretty spot on with that one. Yeah. I'm just saying the, these two just feel, I would, I would have gone opposite or stayed away from, it just feels like you don't want us to win money. Uh, well, both of us are two and four on the year. So we're going to see after this week. I have picked the Dolphins two times before this, and I am one and one on those two picks. But my two wins were uh, double unit plays. I don't know if we <laughs> are they. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I'll have to mark that down. Uh, and then um, Mr. Cook from Iowa has picked. He went college football, if that's okay with you. Uh, I'll allow it. Let me guess what state they're from. Uh, he picked <laughs> Iowa State plus seven and a half going against the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, and then he, this is kind of an odd one, but he p- picked the Iowa state team total. So just the Iowa state points over 27 and a half. Um, so he's, wow. uh, yeah, it sounds he, like a weird bet. Does this guy have a gambling problem? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I don't know him that well. Uh, he, I don't know if we, it's legal in Iowa. I mean, you can probably do whatever you want. There's no, <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, but yeah, he, he's got the Iowa state team total. So he thinks the, uh, the Cyclones are getting four touchdowns on that Oklahoma sooner defense. So, uh, well, good luck to his boys in Iowa. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Sprinkle with a little Saturday fun. I like That's it. That's right. He should, speaking of sprinkle, he should sprinkle some on that Iowa State money line. No, the Sooners are coming out angry. <laughs> well, that's a wrap for this edition. I uh, look forward to the release on Friday. It always gets my Fridays jacked up and ready for the weekend. All right. Sounds good. Uh, shout out to the farmer. I uh, hope you enjoyed the second half of the podcast that you have not heard because you're not here anymore. Um, shout out Noonan's mom. Shout out Snow's mom. And we'll catch you guys this weekend. Oh, and I hope your cow, I hope you got your cow back, man. That yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know how much cows cost, but that sounds like an expensive loss. So good luck on that. Definitely. All right. See ya.